Welcome everybody to the Extra Credit Show. I am Anselmo Moreno. And I'm Richard David. And we are back again with another podcast. This week we have a fantastic episode lined up again like we always do. Richard, what do you got? Well, this week for this week's episode we're going to be talking about uh, the state of credit according to Experian. Um, and it's interesting to to learn that they're actually keeping track of the United States as a whole, you know, what the average uh, credit score is, what the average debt is, what it, so today we're going to be explaining all that to you. Um, and through experience research, we've, you know, we, we've come across uh, what they've decided is the average state of credit. Here, um, the typical American is someone who's holding a lot of credit card debt. Uh, their average vantage score is 675. That's interesting to notice, to note. Now, for those of you that don't know, Experian does this study every year. In fact, this is the eighth annual state of credit report, um, which I think is a cool name. So they've done it eight years now, and it just kind of highlights where the average median consumer is in America as far as credit scores and number of credit cards and you know the balances on credit cards. And we always find that information to be interesting. Um, so according to some of these numbers, the average score across the nation is 675. Now that's a vantage score for you guys, uh, you know, which is different than the FICO score, but still 675 vantage score. Now in that same vantage score is, you guys may be familiar with it because that's what Credit Karma uses, mm -hmm. right? So just kind of a little frame for reference. It's not, you know, we don't take these in absolutes because it is a study that they do nationwide. So we just kind of want to look at it on the surface. Remember, average does not mean typical, okay? <laughs> yeah, d definitely, especially you know in different segments of the country, different segments of of the of the of the state even um because the average vantage score was 675 across the country, but it's 680 in California. Mm -hmm. And now you have other states that their average score is much higher, other states where their average score is much lower, and we'll probably get into some of those numbers here in a bit. Um but here's what I found interesting. Mm -hmm. The average score 675 Average number of credit cards, 3.1. Mm -hmm. Yes. And the average balance on those credit cards was $6,300. And I want to think about that for a second. Because if you're that consumer, your score is 675, you have three credit cards, and your average balance is $6,300. I mean, it's my opinion that if that same consumer simply pays off those credit cards, what do you think their score would be? Oh, their score would jump up. Their score would be somewhere around the 740s, 750s. I think so too. Yeah, absolutely. So that same consumer, if this is you, you have a 675, you owe $6,000 in credit card debt. You got 60 points laying on the table there in those 6,000 bucks. So simply this same consumer pays off his credit card debts. He's now in the 740 club. Now, and this is this is according to the statistics from Experian, but you have to also take into consideration the total number of credit cards. See, 3.1 is only the total number of uh, bank credit cards. They still have another 2.5 retail credit cards with an average balance of 2,000, what is it, 2,000? Um, 1841. 1841. Yeah. So total, their total debt package is 8,200 uh, spread out across uh, five and a half credit cards. And, but the same thing will still apply, right? If they pay off that those credit card debts, they will no longer have a 675 score. That is correct. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, the, the big point and the big takeaway, guys, on, on something like this is your, your credit score is only as good as your credit card balance is, right? Absolutely. I, I've learned that you can have a 760 credit score, but if you max out your credit cards, 
you no longer have a 760 credit score. No, sir. So that that's really the name of the game. It's simply about understanding the credit utilization and how it affects your score. So I, I found this interesting. If you are carrying that credit card debt, I guess it's okay, right? But just know you're leaving a lot of points on the table. And that's also okay. But if you're going to go buy a house, you want those points. Don't leave them out on the table. Get those points, pay off your credit card debt, then go apply for the house or apply for the car. As we've explained many times in previous shows, the higher your credit score, the better interest you're going to obtain. And the better interest you obtain, the less money that comes out of your pocket. So don't leave money on the table. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, moving on on some of these numbers, you want to run by them real quick. Um, the average mortgage debt is $201,000. Wow. I mean, that's believable. Yeah, certainly, especially in our city where, you know, I think the, the median house price is somewhere in the low 200. So, yeah, you know, obviously um, that number is typically skewed. If you're in L.A. or San Francisco, it's going to be much higher. <laughs> but if you're in Oklahoma, right, it's probably going to be much lower. So, again, these are just numbers on the surface average across the nation. Here's what I found interesting. Average non-mortgage debt is $24,000. So what do you think non-mortgage debt would be? Auto loans? Uh, personal loans? Student loans, maybe? Mm. You think that's included in that figure? I'm not sure. It's possible. Uh, but I, I, if student loans are included in this number, and I think this number is a little bit low, uh, the student loan debt is tremendous in the United States. So I, I don't think that includes the student debt just uh, auto loans, personal loans, and any other type of miscellaneous. Yeah, they'll, they'll have some stats on student loans here in a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I always find this interesting. Uh, the city with the highest credit score. At the, I think it's been Minneapolis for a very long time. I always see Minneapolis, Minnesota at the top of the but, list with a 709 vantage score. How many people live in Minneapolis, Minnesota? <laughs> <laughs> but Green Bay um, is at 705, number five. Uh-huh. Uh, actually... The top three, one, two, three, are in Minnesota. Minneapolis, Rochester, and Mankato. Never heard of that. 709 and 708 and 708. So that's pretty interesting. Uh, number eight actually was in California, San Francisco. They landed at a 703. Um, so those are the top highest ranking credit score cities. Uh, just fun numbers here. So if you um, want to have a good credit score, move to those cities. Yeah, yeah, I think you get a few points once you move there. Uh, bottom 10 lowest average credit scores. Um, I mean, this has consistently been the same too. You got the states in the south, for whatever reason, they consistently are in the in the low, in the low credit scores. For example, um, Greenwood, Mississippi, 624. That's a big difference from a 709. That is. That's that huge. Is, that's number one lowest credit score city in the country. Um, and then you got number one, two, and three. You know, it's Mississippi, Georgia, and Texas. They're at the, at the bottom three. Uh, so that's just interesting. But and they've consistently been there. Interestingly enough, credit repair is illegal in Georgia. Yeah, that's actually, um, it is illegal in Georgia. It's a little known fact. Um, so we'll talk about that probably at some point. They want you, they want to keep your credit scores low. California made the list <laughs> in lowest credit scores as well. Oh, what city do you think? Cause we're in California city. Yeah. What city in California made the list in the top five lowest credit score? I would guess California city. And, uh, it's actually Riverside. Riverside. 636. Okay. 636, number five on the list, lowest average credit score. So that's a pretty big difference where you got 
Uh, Riverside at 636, number five lowest on the list compared to San Francisco on the list. Um, they're number eight highest on the list, 703. So, I mean, we've done many shows as to why or what the difference is between a 636 and a 709 when, when you're talking about spending money or paying for borrowed money. Um, check out that episode. It's consumers pay more for consumers with bad credit pay more for everything. Uh, but these numbers on the surface, you know, it's always neat to look at them. We look at them every year. Again, Experian has been releasing this for the last eight years. And when you look at them, you kind of tend to see like, well, scores have been kind of going up, but so has debt. I mean, debt has been creeping up. Um, and that's one of the, the big takeaways from this report um, is that debt has been going up significantly. Especially in the student loan sector. Yeah, what are some of those numbers? Um, student loan sectors are are intense as far as as numbers. I was looking at them here. Let's see if we can pull them up real quick. Yep. Um, where to go? Student loans. <laughs> okay, there it is. So, according to according to what I'm reading here from Experian. Uh, the average student loan balance as of 2017 is $34,144. That's a significant amount of student loan debt. Uh, that's more than your the average cost of your vehicle. And then the total outstanding student loans is 44 million Americans owe $1.4 That $1.4 number wow. far exceeds total credit card debt. So but it's not even close. So that's interesting. Um, we haven't had an episode on student loans. We will be having an episode on student loans. But let's talk about student loans for a second. Because you can have credit card debt. You can have auto loan debt. And all that has rules, right? We sure. got the seven-year rule that applies to credit card debt. The seven-year rule that applies to auto loans. Um, and a lot of rules that govern how they treat you. You can file bankruptcy and get those debts discharged exactly. and get a fresh start. But student loans are a whole different animal, right? Man. What What's up with student loans? For those of you that don't know, what are some of the stark differences when talking about student loans and, say, credit card debt as far as consumer finance is concerned? So many student loans, not all, but I would say most student loans are federal loans. They are not private loans. And when you're talking about a federal loan, you generally cannot discharge that in bankruptcy. If you amass, uh, you know, like some of the students I've seen, $100,000 in student loan debt, you're going to have a really, really hard time paying that off throughout your lifetime. Um, and there's almost nothing you can do about it. Um, that's one of the major differences. And student loans stick around whether you finish that degree or not, right? Mm -hmm. Once I think that's a big problem is once you obtain the student loan, you're going to owe that money and you're not going to be able to get rid of that debt besides paying it. Like like you mentioned, they're not dischargeable in bankruptcy. I mean, there's been ex an extremely few amount of cases where a bankruptcy or where a debt was discharged in bankruptcy for, for student loans. Mm. Um, so for the most part, they're also not governed by the seven-year statute. They're actually governed under the Higher Education Act, mm -hmm. which has all these weird rules that make student loans a nightmare to deal with for credit consultants. Number one, you can't file bankruptcy on them, right? Number two, they can garnish your wages without a judgment. That yes. They can just straight up go in and garnish your wages without a judgment. One of the few debts that can do that. 
Um, They'll just take your taxes. They can take your tax return. Um, so you are expecting a tax refund and they get to keep the tax refund. Um, so the, and without warning, it just happens. And 20 years from now, if you decide to disappear and come back, the debt is still here. It can remain on the credit report indefinitely as well. Um, all of these drawbacks and all these protections that you don't have when it comes to student loans. So when we see these numbers and we see these people having all these student loan debts, it's there's not a whole lot to do about them, but start paying them off. And you, you mentioned the key word there, the protections. There are very little protections for you as a student loan. It's only been recently where the federal uh, the federal government has finally been, you know, deciding to um, discharge or actually forgive some of the student loan debt for uh, borrowers that were ripped off by some of these for pay colleges. Yeah, the, some of the private companies or private colleges, they, they, there's been some a little bit of relief there for consumers. A that little been, bit. That's the key. Right. Yeah. But, you know, for the most part, uh, student loans are not going to go anywhere. Um, and unless somehow they magically disappear, which obviously we're not going to see happen. Um, but you know what I've always on from from a credit consultant standpoint, since we're kind of involved with lending, I've always wondered why student loan interest rates are so damn high. That, that's actually what makes them difficult to pay back because student loan terms, their, their repayment terms are normally um, like 12, 15, 20 year repayment terms. But the average interest rate on student loans that I've seen, we're not taking a study here. This is me just saying, here's what I've seen student loan interest rates be are 6%. Yes, that's that's the exact number. That, and, and so when you're looking at a student loan interest rate on such a secured product, like such a guarantee you're going to get paid this money because there's no rules, there's no statute of limitations, they can't file bankruptcy, you get a better deal borrowing you know, money through other ways. You get a better interest rate than you can on some of these student loans. That's pretty crazy because... Interest rate is supposed to be tied to risk. The higher the risk, the higher the rate. And I see, I feel like these student loans have very little risk for these banks that are issuing them. Again, that just the student loan debt is a problem. It's it's too high, um, and it's because of how they work. I'm not saying don't go get an education. I'm not saying higher education is not better for you. All I'm saying that as a consumer, you need to be wary of what you get into and you need to educate yourself on what you're going to be facing if you obtain these type of loans. Yeah, absolutely. And if you are experiencing financial trouble in dealing with your student loans, um, they're in default, they're killing your credit score. Um, you know, we will have an episode in the future on how to deal with student loans. It's such a deep, deep topic. There's so many different types of student loans that we really want to be well prepared to deliver excellent value and content when we do the student loan episode. Um, and one final statistic on student loan. I found this thing to be absolutely fascinating. Americans over 60 are the fastest growing segment of student loan borrowers, according to the CFPB. So that means that 60 year olds and above are taking on student loans at a faster rate. And it's the fastest growing segment of that. So holy moly, you know, it's pretty cool in one sense. Like people are reinventing themselves later in life. Um, but what do you think? Do you think it could be? Parents co-signing for their kids taking on student loan. I wonder if that is skewed in that statistic. It's possible. I I could not tell you until I do more research on it. What I can say is that I know uh, some of my friends' mothers, two of them in fact, who have just gotten their their degrees at 
in their 60s. Uh, one of them part particularly got her doctor's degrees at 63. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And that you can admire that. Mm -hmm. um, it still doesn't take away from the fact that 1.2 trillion in student loan debt is a serious problem. It's huge. Um, so 1.4, right? 1.2, 1.4. I mean, at, th at this point, <laughs> it's like, it's a whole lot. It's more than credit card debt, which should tell you something. So, wow. Um, so definitely very interesting statistic. Another more concerning statistic. This one, I think we've seen coming for the last few years is auto debt. Um, auto debt is, <sighs> is here are the numbers. Here are the basics numbers on, on, on auto debt. So mm -hmm. uh, they announced that 107 million Americans had car loans. The average term was 68 months up from 63 months a decade ago. So now you're averaging 68 month repayments, which mm -hmm. is what, like? five and a half years. Um, and the total car loan market reached 1.2 trillion. So that is a record because 300 million of that is held by subprime borrowers. Now, if you've heard the, the word subprime before, it was during subprime mortgage lending. And we all know how subprime mortgage lending ended up. So if now we're hearing this word subprime auto loans, 30% of all auto loans are subprime loans. Um, that's pretty interesting because I think we can all see that coming. And, 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 and as a sign of seeing that coming, delinquencies among those borrowers have skyrocketed. It's actually doubled since 2013. Real quickly, uh, I heard you state a number uh, that caught my attention. At the very beginning, what did you say the overall total debt package for autos is in America? The total car loan market reached $1.2 trillion. $1.2 trillion. The student loan debt was higher than that. Yeah, it's 1.4. I misspoke earlier. It so, is 1.4. So it's higher than credit card debt and it's higher than the auto loan market. So if it's 1.4 compared to 1.2 trillion, does that mean that it's two, 200 two, billion more? 200 billion more. So it's not 2 billion, it's 200 billion. 200 billion more. Numbers guy Richard right here, guys. So uh, again, it just, you know, we're, we're moving on to another topic, but I just found that interesting. The student loan debts are higher than credit card debts. They're higher than the auto loan industry debt. It's just outrageous. And these are just some of the numbers on the surface, right? These are just numbers that we kind of take a look at and we go, hmm, it's interesting to see where things are going. We can kind of see things coming. Um, and then obviously you compare them to how we were doing last year and the year before and the year before. But, you know, what does that mean to the extra credit listener? What, you know, what can a, the extra credit listener take away from all of these numbers? I think the important takeaway with credit card debts is pay off your balances. Or move to a different city. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Right? But, you know, it, it's, 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 that, it's that interesting when you look at, okay, if your score 675, it's because you have credit card debt. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's really what it is. Because if you didn't have credit card debt, your score would be much higher. Yes. All things being equal, of course. Um, and then the, the student loan debt be very careful, you know, um, again, that's a whole different conversation, but obviously if you have to take out student loans, I guess, keep them at a minimum, you know, don't finance, don't, don't finance your tuition, but maybe don't finance rent and other living expenses. I mean, those are really very basic uh, pieces of advice that we can give you. Um, but it's, it's just interesting to see where America and how America is doing as far as the state of credit. Um, does it have anywhere on there? what the average uh, loan amount for a vehicle is? Um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see it really readily available okay. here. Um, okay, just wondering. But, you know, you can, I would assume potentially that's in the non-mortgage debt of 24,000. 
but potentially I, I mean that's a big leap i don't want to make that leap um so but what i i think that the the one that we do want to take away is that the average repayment term for a loan is 68 months that's a long time to repay back a car five years eight months five years eight months um you know that that's a pretty long time to repay back a car most people don't make it to the end they end up trading it in um, and now we just kind of continue that cycle of the, the auto loan debt. And um, we actually did uh, touch up on that in one of our previous episodes, too. Yeah, yeah. Trading in your vehicle and losing out money. Um, yeah. And guys, check out the check out this check out this study. You know, you can find it on Experian.com or just Google state of credit Experian 2017. Uh, there's fantastic statistics there. I mean, they even break it down by generation. We could probably have a whole show, you know, based on generation X, Y, Z, millennials, all that stuff. Uh, but that's essentially in a nutshell what this report says. Um, for you, for those of you that are generation Xers, you guys are in the most debt. So bring it down. <laughs> yeah. yeah, very interesting stuff. Um, another thing that I wanted to bring up really off topic and really digressing, but I feel it's important. Uh, it was announced today that Equifax gave us another little gem of information. What do you think Equifax has to say about their data hack now? We got hacked again, or we got hacked some more than than what we thought. Yeah, actually, that it was the second one. Ding, ding, ding. They ah. actually um, have amended the number of consumers affected. Um, so if you guys can remember, at the very first, it was 143 million people. Then they amended that and said, we found more people that were affected. And now it's 145 million people. Well, just today... Equifax discovers that another 2.4 million customers hit by that data breach, bringing the grand total to 147.9 million consumers involved in the data breach. I've been saying this forever. In fact, at a presentation and I made the point, the credit bureaus only have 200 million files. So if 148 million of them were breached, it's nearly 75%. Pretty much everyone's info was breached, guys. Your info is breached. My info is breached. Richard's info is breached. Like, your info is out there. There's nothing you can do about it. Um, so, wow. Just, wow. Equifax is, continues to give headlines. And to uh, make that even worse, the agency that is in charge of uh, doing something about it has decided to step down from it for a little while. Yeah, we were talking about that before we started airing the CFPB um, because they had a change in leadership put on pause the investigation and the subpoena against Equifax for this uh, cybersecurity breach. It's going to be a nightmare. We're going to be following it and bringing you guys all the relevant info that we think you guys should know. But, you know, just know that if you think you were one of the lucky ones that did not get your info breached with Equifax. Uh, highly unlikely. Uh, it's much more likely that your info was out there. So now at the same time, we we want you to understand, you know, don't stress out over it. Don't fret. Your information has more than likely been hacked in the past before. There's been major data breaches all over the place. You want to take the steps to to protect yourself, but don't lose sleep over it. Yeah, absolutely. We, I mean, we haven't lost any sleep over it. Mm -hmm. And if you guys are using Credit Karma, um, that's adequate protection uh, because what, what it's going to do is it's going to notify you if someone's looking at your credit report um, during an application or an inquiry and you can kind of catch it there. But if you're listening to the show, you're probably already uh, watching your credit because that's what the extra credit show is all about. If you've been doing the extra credit tasks of the week, you've been getting bonus points <laughs> and you should be watching your credit report as well. 
we did not have an extra credit task of the week lined up, but we can make one up right now. What no, do you of think? course we do. Uh, the, do extra, the extra credit task of the week is to go online and look up these statistics and see how it affects you as a consumer and make changes appropriately. Yeah, don't be part of the statistic. If the average credit score is 675, make sure you're above average. You know, extra credit listeners, uh, we all want you to strive to be above average credit score consumers. Um, you know, we've, we've had a lot of fun on this, on this journey and I can see the future and we're gonna have the extra credit army with really high credit scores. What is the website again that they can look this up at? They, they go to Experian.com and then look at the the state of credit. It's state of credit. at Experian.com or just Google state of credit 2017. It'll come up. Um, but our goal is to have the extra credit show have the highest rated credit scores of all credit repair podcasts. How about yes. that? Oh, most definitely. <laughs> As you said it, our, what did you say? Credit army? The extra credit army. The extra yeah. credit army. We're going to have the highest credit scores of all the credit repair podcasts. So. Guys, that's it for this week's show. I am Anselmo Moreno. And I'm Richard David. We'll see you guys next time.